You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to www.3cr.org.au. 3CR would like to acknowledge the Kulin Nations, true owners and custodians of the land from which we broadcast. We recognise that sovereignty was never ceded and a treaty has never been signed. The so-called Nation of Oz was and is a crime scene. We pay respect to elders past and present and emerging of the Kulin Nation and stand in solidarity with Indigenous people across this continent. G'day, this is Ozzy Butler from Astronomy Class. You're tuned to 3CR on 855am or 3cr.org.au. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Keep community radio alive. Peace. Enjoy. And today you are listening to Uprise Radio and you're joined uh, in studio on the air with Jackson and James. Good afternoon, James. Good afternoon, everyone, and uh, thank you again for joining us. We've got a bit of a different show, um, well, a bit of a different format for the show today. Um, today, we're going to be focusing especially on subscribing. That's why we uh, played a little announcement from Aussie Battler from The Herd up front there. And um, we're going to be talking about why you should subscribe to 3CR and what makes 3CR important. Um, but And just before we get to that, we are going to do, I guess, a little bit of a, a news wrap as well. We're going to talk about a couple of issues that have uh, been going on um, around the place. Yeah, because what better way to uh, demonstrate how 3CR is such an important part of the media landscape than share with you some of the news and analysis which 3CR is renowned for. So it is a Wednesday, the 19th of February, 2022 today, and... There's a couple of things going on that we're going to talk about. Obviously, lots more going on around the world, which you can find out about on 3CR. And we um, actually went out and interviewed some people earlier today about 3CR and community radio a bit more broadly and what that means. So part of the show will be talking about that and hearing from those voices. Mm -hmm. And we'll play a a couple of little announcements and things, a little bit of music. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but to kick things off, we might just talk about, I guess, a little bit of a news wrap and a couple of things that we're going to be talking about. And to, actually, to close the show, we might just uh, touch on a few things that are coming up. Mm, yeah, a couple of events coming up over the next few weeks. Yeah, but in terms of news, I thought it would be nice to start with a, a little bit of relatively good news compared to some of the ways we've opened shows recently. I mean, the aftermath of the bushfires um, was obviously coloured a number of our broadcasts recently and the government's continued ham-fisted response to catastrophic climate change. But after the disappointment um, of the Boris matters of Hatter Johnson being elected in the UK after the disappointment of Morrison, Scotty from Marketing being elected here, there was, you know, somewhat of a of an electoral politics ray of light in Ireland uh, about ten days ago, on on the eighth of February, Ireland went to the polls and in a major twist in Irish politics, uh, the 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 popular vote was uh, resoundingly won by Sinn Féin, which many people would know as the political arm of the IRA, the Irish Republican Army, um, whose uh, struggle um, 3CR has covered for uh, decades, actually, uh, when that was really 
at the top of um, international news bulletins throughout the 80s and 90s. You know, 3CR were, were regularly uh, giving time to that so much so that if you look at the history of this station, we are talking about the station t- today because it is subscriber drive at the moment and we want as many people, as many listeners as possible to take that next step from listener to supporter of the station. You know, but 3CR was targeted strongly um, as a terrorist radio station because of uh, the statements in support they made of the IRA and their struggle for independence and also the struggles for Palestinian rights and independence, you know, taking on the, those, um, I guess, positions that the mainstream media have have real difficulty engaging with. And what we've seen now is like, you know, this is being described... You know, Green Left Weekly have described this as a political earthquake. Jacobin over in the States has said this is, uh, you know, a historical moment. Uh, there's an article um, on Jacobin written by Ry Creany, uh, an Irish writer who... Uh, he quotes Lenin saying, there are decades where nothing happens and then there are weeks where decades happen. And this last week in in Ireland was a, was a week like that. This is, this is a party that came to prominence as the political arm of a paramilitary struggle uh, to gain independence from, from Britain. Ireland was the original British colony. You know, they, they were uh, ruled by the British for centuries, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. And they ended up uh, fighting and almost winning complete independence. But, you know, Sinn Féin has obviously played a role in the ongoing struggles with Northern Ireland. But I think what's really impressive and the reason that there's this um, excitement in leftist uh, newspapers and magazines online is that the election was fought on bread and butter leftist issues, housing, access to health, uh, access to work, the rising cost of living, some of the stats coming out of Ireland in 2019 are staggering. There's 100,000 people in temporary hospital beds and 500,000 people on hospital waiting lists. They've never had a public health system because ever since independence, their political leadership has swapped between uh, Fine Fail and Fine Gael, these two centre-right parties that, you know, we often joke in Australia that there's not a lot of difference between uh, Labor and the coalition these days at a federal level, that both are kind of neoliberal, you know, trending towards uh, the centre of politics, centre-right, you know, that people talk about the sensible centre, you know, you've got, you know, no matter who you vote for, the government gets in, but it seems like, you know, early um, attitudes from leftist commentators suggest that Sinn Féin really were promising a, a real shake-up of Irish politics. You know, they're, they're running on a platform of delivering an Irish NHS, you know, a national public health scheme uh, of building 100,000 new public housing dwellings. You think about the kind of impact that would have here in Australia to build 100,000 new homes for people on low incomes. That's what they're saying they're going to do. And now it's up to, you know, and not just, you know, Sinn Féin, they only got 25% of the vote to get uh, to win the popular vote, but that was a more than Fine Fáil and Fine Gael combined for the, for the primary vote that, that, that Sinn Féin won. And, you know, scores of other leftist party, people, people before profits, uh, the Social Democrats, Labor, they've won seats in Parliament as well. In fact, uh, the leader, uh, Mary Lou MacDonald, has been quoted as saying her one disappointment in this incredible campaign is not standing more candidates because they could have swept into an ability to govern on their own. At the moment, it looks like they're going to have to form some kind of coalition with the Greens to increase their share of seats in the Irish Parliament as well. Um, well, I think, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of government, um, if they can form a government and what that will actually look like. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's something that we can continue to, I guess, monitor over the coming shows. Um, well, just, I guess we've just got a little bit of time to touch on a couple other issues before we move on to uh, talk about the main subscriber um, 
uh, voices that we talked about at the start. Um, and I guess, you know, one thing, we're continually following the US election and as we, you know, see that um, Sanders has now moved into really clear favourite as mm. the uh, Democratic candidate. And I think that that'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what happens with Super Tuesday and obviously Bloomberg entering the race there, what that does to uh, Sanders' popularity and, you know, I guess how many, um, you know, how popular Bloomberg can kind of translate all this money that he's put into the campaign and how many delegates he can actually get out of Super Tuesday. So that's something to monitor. I think um, we're going to have some... Uh, dedicated uh, episodes coming up where we're going to be talking about uh, Super Tuesday, the results from that. We've got a show on the the following day from that. And I think, you know, as well, we might talk about some different kind of issues that come out as the election unfolds, not just from the Democratic perspective, but I guess overall as well. Yeah, I think the possibility of a Bloomberg candidacy is something that we should be resisting really Mm. strongly. I mean, this is a former Republican mayor of New York. This is a man who... uh, dramatically expanded the stop and frisk program, um, you know, which a federal judge in 2013, the states uh, called a policy of indirect racial profiling. And that's from a very conservative voice there, a a federal judge. Um, You know, this this is a a man who uh, empowered the New York Police Department to surveil Muslim college students, you know, uh, without uh, any probable cause. Um, He is throwing money at the the um, constituencies that will take part in Super Tuesday. He ignored IRA and, and New Hampshire, but he's he's uh, almost spent half a billion dollars, I think over $400 million on nonstop advertising in California and New York. Um, so there's, yeah, there's four caucuses before Super Tuesday, two that have been and two upcoming, and he will not be participating in any of those. But obviously, Super Tuesday is a big one. And, you know, if he does win that, you can win the candidacy based purely off that. But um, it has but been it great just... to see Sanders do so well. You know, yeah. Because there is, a, you know, similar to, you know, when, when, when candidates run on real economic reform agendas, you know, and really empowering the working classes, there is a concerted effort from all sides of the media, including the mainstream liberal left, like The Guardian, uh, here in Australia, to undermine and white ant these campaigns because they mean a, they could mean a real change in in the mm. status quo. Uh, so I think it's um, you know, we can keep following this closely because I think a Sanders presidency could deliver some real change. I, I still I have hope for that. Yeah, obviously Mayor Petty Bourgeois is doing quite well too, which is a surprise over some of the other candidates. That's a good name for him, actually. Um, but I think we, we'll just move on. There's one other uh, thing I wanted to talk about, which was uh, the Climate Emergency Summit, which is a conference that uh, took place in Melbourne uh, last Friday and Saturday. Uh, and I went along to some of that. And I think uh, it, it was a very, I guess, big sort of political, like big politics sort of um, people and issues being discussed. And I, I think it's very timely. We've talked a lot about on the show how much the kind of climate debate has really shifted over the past year to be, you know, a real sense of urgency. Mm. And that's that's certainly summed up even in the fact that the type of language used, that this is an emergency summit, a climate emergency. Mm-hmm. And some of the people are like David Spratt and others who, um, beyond zero emissions, people that have been involved in getting councils to declare a climate emergency and really working with community and uh, government organisations around the country were very prevalent throughout the 
uh, Summit, um, which, you know, some of those voices are really good. And there's, there's a couple of people that um, uh, come over from America who were talking about, you know, needing a World War II response uh, to the climate emergency. And, you know, they've been working with the Bernie Sanders and AOC campaign and stuff as well. So there's certainly a lot of, uh, I think, really positive, really um, worthwhile and really needed debate that was happening. Uh, But, you know, there's also some really big, uh, Peter Garrett was there. There's a session I went to on Saturday that had uh, Kerry O'Brien was chairing session with John Hewson, Peter Garrett and Zali Stegall. So, you know, some quite big hitters across the public sphere and political spectrum. And I think, what you know, what's key is that Zali Stegall has um, just introduced this bill, mm. which is about getting zero emissions by 2050. Mm-hmm. And as someone in another session said, we're all going to be kicking the bucket by that time. So it, on the one hand, it, it's great that the... It's shifted so much that, you know, essentially a liberal in Zali Stegel is putting forward a climate uh, policy and the liberals are talking about the possibility of supporting this. Um, But, you know, I mean, even Bernie Sanders' campaign supports 2050 as the zero emissions target. I wonder whether we have that long, to be frank, though. Yes. I mean, I think that's what a lot of other people are concerned about. I think the thing with the Sanders campaign, though, is that it's tied with trillions of dollars of, of campaign money to support of their, you know, putting money towards, uh, you know, renewable energy and towards a just transition, all these kind of things. Mm. They actually have money behind it. Perhaps their targeting needs to be changed, but it's a part of something that is going to be part of real change. What did uh, Zali Stegall have to say about a just transition? Because I think, you know, the rapidity of the transition is becoming really important. I, I work at a high school and we actually had Mark Butler, who's the shadow uh, minister for climate change and the environment, come and speak to some of our year nine students that, you know, do a very strong environmental curriculum. And, you know, they were obviously asking him about, you know, he, he was the architect behind the 20% reduction by 2020 back in 2007, which was, you know, at the time seen as an ambitious target. And they did make that target easily. Uh, we often hear these phrases about, oh, we're going to meet our, our aims in a canter and all of this stuff. But, you know, what did Stegel have to say about how that is done in a way that will protect workers, working class people, um, and bring about that change rapidly? Did she have any kind of practical policy Outlines. In, I think it's this... more um, the debate was really more centered around the uh, possibility of them actually being able to get the bill forward, um, which Peter Garrett said to her in the session that she, he thinks there's no chance that this bill will even get um, moved forward. And well, that's certainly think... the response from leading members of the coalition. They yeah. just say private members' bills are not brought into parliament to be passed. You know, I think it's likely that it's going to be debated for months, really. Um, so I think this is. Perhaps the bill itself and, um, you know, the alternatives to that is something that we need to talk about in a future episode. We can go into a bit more in depth with that. Um, Really today we're focusing on subscribing. If you like this type of content that we're talking about and you listen to 3CR, there's no reason not to subscribe, you know. If it's, it's, it's about the cost of, you know, going out to breakfast twice a year, you know, or, you know, the cost of, you know, a, a, a nice pair of Australian-made jeans. You know, this, this is what we're talking about. And you're supporting, you know, hundreds of different um, programs for things like um, LGBTIQ rights, Indigenous rights, women's rights, disability rights, um, alternative 
modes of economy, you know, anything that you would be interested and want to see manifested in the world, 3CR has a voice doing. So and we're going to hear it. from some of those voices now. And um, when we come back from that, we'll, uh, or we'll, we'll give the details of, of how you can actually subscribe. So we'll just hear these voices now. Well, we thought we would take to the streets and ask people what community radio means to them and why it's worth subscribing to a community radio station. Good afternoon. Do you listen to community radio? Yes, always. Really? What stations do you listen to? I listen to most of the Melbourne stations, so definitely 3CR and Triple R and PBS. Why do you listen to community radio? I like the sound of it. I, l- I much prefer the sound of it. Less uh, shouting at me with commercials and advertisements that I don't like. Um, less homogenization of people's voices and I like the content because it's just more interesting content, it's more real, it's more uh, local, more community, yeah, it's not mainstream content, so I like the content. Sounds like you like it a lot. Do you subscribe? Yes, (laughs) I do. I subscribe to 3CR and sometimes I subscribe to Triple (laughs) R. Sometimes. I should subscribe more often. And I forgot to mention the music that you hear on 3CR is incredible. It's so interesting and specialist and niche and you just don't get to hear that stuff anywhere else. If you could recommend one music program on 3CR, what would it be? I love Burning Vinyl. I think Matt has a wealth of information. He's been doing it for years. It's all often mostly Australian and local music, but it's... um, quite uh, underground and just interesting but he also has a fascination with the 60s so he often does like 60s stuff or psychedelic stuff which is and he knows so much about it so he tells you great stories. I'm from Horsham and we've got a community radio station Triple H and it's a very good station to listen to. Thank you. Hello there, do you listen to community radio? I listen to community radio whenever I can, yes. Which stations do you listen to? I listen to uh, 3CR, sometimes a bit of 3RRR, and um, I've listened to a couple of other, I just can't think of them off the top of my head at the moment. What is it about community radio that's important to you? Uh, Basically, you just hear everyday people, so you get to hear all the stories from the horse's mouth, so to speak, and um, yeah, there's no bullshittery going on, and... And, yeah, they're just there for, for everyday people just to ring up and contribute to the show a lot more easy, easily than, I say, mainstream radio. Have you got any shows that you listen to regularly on 3CR? I uh, usually listen to uh, the Fire First show because that's Uncle Robbie and he talks about all politics and all that kind of stuff. Other than that, um, I used to get into the reggae show on the weekends, um, but then sort of... I moved away from Melbourne so I couldn't pick up the station and then I sort of my musical taste changed a bit um, but yeah now I just still listen to the Uncle Rob on Fire First and just mainly all the Koori shows Is there something I guess uh, sort of a, the community itself as being a community radio station is there something about that that you think um, you know speaks to people as well that can be a part of a community even if you're remotely part of it listening to the radio? Yeah, I think the fact that um, 
it's easy to find. It's in the suburbs where the communities are. Uh, I've, I've worked like uh, at 3CR here. I've worked uh, for AAA. I've gone to uh, Karma Radio in Northern Territory. I've done a few radio shows around around Australia. But um, I think the fact that it's within the community and people can easily access it, which makes it so so uh, fundamental to the community really that's why they like it so much and stick behind it and always contribute to it so we're doing a subscriber drive at the moment for people out there thinking about becoming a subscriber to 3cr why should they do it uh they should do it because basically it keeps our our butt cheeks in the seats and keeps bringing you all the uh music that you love to hear that you don't hear anywhere else i mean like all those, like Melbourne has a great uh, live music scene, you and you basically you won't get to hear those unless they happen to by chance become real big. But community radio, especially 3CR, you'll hear all that stuff on our station because we're either at the gig or we've got their music to play on air, and they come in and they always support us because we support them. Thanks heaps for chatting with us. No worries, thank you. People should support 3CR community radio. It's it's the voice of the people, you know, in a, in a world where it's all mass media, individuals controlling everything. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air to have a, something in your community that's independent, self-determining. I think people should support it the best way they can. You know, what else would you be doing? And what else would you be supporting? So I think it's a great place to put your money and maintain all these... Fantastic voices that come through this radio station. Just have a look at the uh, what's represented here, the, the number of languages and, and groups involved here in this organisation. It's like I said, it's a that's a real breath of, breath of fresh air. We need to look after. How many years have you been doing this for now, Robbie? I've been involved with more than ten years as a broadcaster here. Um, I've, been, I've been been involved with FreeCI since its inception, like forty odd years ago. You know, I've always believed, and um, you know, we've we haven't had a voice. Our people, my people, Aboriginal people. So this is um, we naturally gravitated here because it's what it was offering, mm. and and the way it operates too is community-based, community-controlled, self-determining, mm. and that's how that's what I grew up understanding how we should operate organisations in our communities. Mm. Uh, when they all went corporate and become part appendages of the state, that we. They'll become all those organisations are useless. This uh, welfare absorbing, rotting, creating middle class blacks out of it. That's what it's doing, and it's not my. It's not what I'm on about. My name is Tiokas and Ghost Horse. How did you get involved in radio yourself? It fell into my lap. In the U.S., there was 200,000 Native people in San Francisco marching because of our 500-year uh, survivability of outlasting Quincentennial, the, the uh, surviving the West. And we celebrated that because it was our prophecies that we would celebrate. Our eyes are open now. And so when I fell into I was walking by a radio station in Seattle. And what happened out of that is that a, a, an AM radio station was celebrating October 12th, Columbus Day, that they discovered us. And they said, could you come up and read? And I was like, oh, for some reason I wanted to go. So they gave me this written poem about Columbus, and it was written in ink. But I realized I've never been on a radio, and I was a young man then, just 28 years ago. And 
I realized that my sweat had, had ruined the, the print, the ink, and I couldn't read it. And he said, well, you have three minutes. What you say? Just say it. Just say something. So I start speaking. And 30 minutes later, the board was lit up, and people wanted to talk to me. So two days later, someone heard me on another radio station, a community radio station, says, you need to come co-host this. So I did. So a week later, I had my own show. Wow. Yeah. It's a great story, yeah. So community, at least through our listening ability, speaks to that heart of the matter, right? And, and feeds or nurtures that seed of communication within us to be part of within the community, right? It's just not a neighborhood of Latino people or white people or black or native people. It's not. These are communities, right? And it's not a acceptable racial justice thing where it's defined within the box of the Western democracy or socialism or communism. Because without all that ism, we are community of the earth. You see, and to express ourselves is difficult within this language that is Latin-based or any language that are Latin-based. So it's difficult to express because they lack empathy. You see, so indigenous programming, indigenous issues speaks to the seed before there was the domination factor because indigenous languages don't have a concept or a word for domination. You spoke about that coming together all different communities. You work on community radio in New York City. The space of the studio itself, is that like a space where that kind of connection happens every day? I, I would think to re redefine it as there are a lot of um, people within the so-called left who will become, they don't know they're neoliberals, uh, people on the right who become dangerous to the indigenous folks and to community because they're still coming from within the system. This is where the difference is, is uh, that the, the liberals and, uh, and those of the conservative uh, persuasion look for similarities where the indigenous peoples are neither left or the right neither in the United States, neither Democrat or Republican. We're not binary thinkers, you know. We're not one or against the other. We are neither, neither liberal or conservative. We are indigenous. That means we're balanced, that we listen to all the sides. Because it, it, listening ability is understanding how Mother Earth listens to us. Because that's the, the great equalizer, so to speak, in, in, uh, in Lakota. We have over 200 words for it, balance. And in English, maybe seven. So we know about balance, that we don't need to, need to be equalized. Well, Ghostos, lovely to meet you. Thank you. Julian Assange, the editor and founder of WikiLeaks, is facing extradition from the UK to the USA at a trial commencing in London on Monday the 24th of February. A public rally will take place where we can call on all parties involved to end the torture of Julian Assange. Let's help bring home Melbourne's own Walkley Award-winning journalist. If he is extradited, he faces a secret military trial and a likely 175-year prison sentence, if not the death penalty. Please be on the right side of history and join us on Friday the 21st of February, 6.30pm at Victoria State Library.
Edison Rally is brought to you by Melbourne for WikiLeaks, proud supporter of Community Radio 3CR. And that was some details about the Assange Rally that's coming up on Friday. And we heard some voices from around 3CR about why you should subscribe. And I'll just let you know how you can subscribe. And So it starts from $35 for unwage concession, which is a bargain, to $75 for wage and $150 for your organisation or solidarity price. And you can come into the station at 21 Smith Street uh, during business hours. Um, or you can call up on 94198377, or you can just do it online if you head to 3cr.org.au slash subscribe. I would recommend coming into the station and meeting the wonderful people that work on reception and run all the programs and do all the training. And, you know, subscription is just the first step, you know, to becoming part of this community. You can come in and learn how to make radio content, how to use the equipment. You can end up on air yourself take people from all walks of life. If your heart's in the right place, come on in and get involved. It's such a wonderful station to be a part of. And I think all the voices we just heard there reflect the kind of variance and depth of the impact that this station has on communities all around Melbourne and Australia's lives every day. But not everyone can, and that's okay. If you can't if you can't donate your time mm. um, to be part of the station, totally, it's definitely a um, donating a little bit of money, if you can, is a great way to support the station. And if you like to subscribe to our show, Uprise Radio, we would very much appreciate that support. And mm. you can leave a little message to let people know that you enjoy what we do. Mm. We would very much uh, appreciate that. And uh, this Saturday, just let people know that uh, there is a climate rally, which is happening at 2 p.m. Um, in the city. So get along to that. And as always, if people have um, campaigns, issues or topics that they want us to cover, get in touch and we'd love to cover that issue if we can. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Jackson. Thanks, James. See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.